From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of the Anxiety Project podcast. Here we are to talk about the unconscious mind. I am Brad Robinson. I am a certified CBT coach, NLP master practitioner, and I help so many people on my website online to overcome anxiety, to overcome that lost feeling, to be stuck in a rut, stuck in depression, stuck with no damn meaning because I was there. If you've been listening to the podcast or if you've been exploring my YouTube channel, you know that I've been out through a lot with anxiety. I've had anxiety on and off for most of my life. I had a generalized anxiety disorder in my mid-20s, which then went into agoraphobia, which is where you can't even leave your house. Like I remember, you know, walking a block from my house and having a panic attack. It was that bad, but I overcame it naturally without medications and I overcame it through a structured approach. I implemented CBT strategies, which is cognitive behavioral uh, therapy tools, which help me rewire my anxious mind, but then I also tackled the unconscious baggage that I was lugging around for the 26 years of my life. And there was a lot there I had to contend with, a lot of stuff from my past, beliefs, values, and that's a big part of the healing process is what's unconscious. And that's what today's episode is about. Understanding that 95% of who you are. Now, we don't pay attention to that because, well, it's unconscious, right? So when I first learned about my unconscious mind, I was blown away at a huge paradigm shift. I thought that why aren't we taught this in schools growing up? Because if you don't know about your unconscious mind, how are you going to live a healthy and productive life? I mean, or meaningful life rather, and productive too. But I remember Freud, he talked about the subpersonalities within human beings, you know, we have anger, aggressions, lust, and it feels like whenever we're taken over by hunger, it's like we fall into this automation. We don't, we don't need, we have, it's like we don't have any control over hunger and that aggression. And these are like little deities within us, and it has more control over us than we have of it. You see it all the time when you're hangry, right? It's just, it's just you can't get a grip over this entity that just takes over your whole being. And then once you eat a sandwich or something, you're like, wow, who was that guy? I feel embarrassed. I feel guilty for being that way. 
kind of beat yourself up over it. So today, let's explore together the unconscious mind, this pro, this unconscious process that, well, tends to just take over. And the first thing I want to touch on today is that the unconscious mind, it loves what's most familiar. And you see this with yourself. So you go to a new classroom, right? You sit down in, in your desk, you find that spot. But then when you come back the next day, you tend to go to the same spot, right? It's like going to the coffee shop. You go there once and then now every time you go there, you're sitting in the corner. That's your seat, right? And whenever you see someone sitting in your seat, you're like, damn, they're in my seat, right? So this is interesting because this shows that the unconscious mind loves to make something that's unknown into something known, something familiar, right? You walk into a new classroom, it's unknown, it's unfamiliar, but your mind wants to explore and make it into something that's comfortable to you, right? And so sitting in the same seat, that's a great way to make the room comfortable for you. Or, you know, you walk around and look into, look around in the nooks and crannies and you explore, you look into different rooms and, you know, you like to explore because we are exploratory creatures, right? And that's unconscious. We love to explore. So the unconscious mind, it loves what's most familiar because it doesn't want to use up too much mental energy on every bit of information because, in the world, there's an inexhaustible amount of information to process. Now, here's what's really, really cool. The brain can process 11 million bits of information every second, but our conscious minds can only handle 40 to 50 bits. What? That is crazy. So using way less cognitive energy is important for dealing with the limitlessness of the world, right? And so think of how much information your unconscious is taking in from your five senses, smell, taste, touch, feel, and see. There's a lot happening. You're absorbing that, especially when you go through something highly emotional. Your unconscious holds on to all of that experience like a movie or a picture, and we hold on to it until, well, forever, until we go back to that moment and reframe and look at that experience from a different perspective. So your unconscious no longer needs to hold on to it because you've explored that memory. You've explored that experience. You've basically, you told yourself why this is no longer serves as a threat to you and why you need to let it go. And the unconscious can give that up. It doesn't need to weigh you down anymore because so many people, like my old self, they're stuck in the past. There's parts of them that are still stuck in their childhood, stuck in those childhood periods. And until you go back and explore and look at it from a different perspective, 
you are still going to hold on to those experiences. The unconscious mind wants to deal with what's relevant right now. We are goal-driven creatures after all with a built-in values hierarchy. What we attend to the most daily determines what we value. And to let go of one of these values because you've decided that it no longer serves your better self means the brain has to use cognitive energy to implement an unfamiliar behavior until it becomes automated, or in other words, familiar. It's difficult because you're giving up a part of your identity. Maybe 95% of your identity needs to be burned away, and that is no damn joke because that was true for me. And this is what happens after your teenage years, and I've seen the Pleasure Island lifestyle for a teenager really catch up to them as they get older. They just don't get out of that Pleasure Island phase. First, their metabolism changes and they can't keep up with the junk foods and drinking and their body blows up. You see this with your high school friends or your college friends. They blow up, right? They're still eating and drinking and doing the same things they were doing when they were young kids. Their body can't keep up with it. They blow up. They look unwell, unhealthy. They look puffed up. Also, adults who are older, they don't want to deal with a 20-year-old, 30-year-old. They don't want to. They get tired of it real quick. Companies expect to hire a naive and unexperienced young adult. An uneducated young person, that's normal. Of course you're uneducated. Look how young you are. You got a lot to learn. But an unexperienced 30-year-old or an uneducated 40-year-old, man, you have a lot of work to do, right? Time is more of an anxiety for those types of people. You see that with Captain Hook. That's why the crocodile with the clock in its stomach is chasing him time is chasing him and the more older he gets the more time serves as a big threat and when i when i say unexperienced i partly mean they still run their unconscious impulsive patterns that were never sacrificed when they were in their 20s Right? That's a big part of being in your 20s to go out in the world and fail and burn off those parts that don't serve you. Now, I was 26 when going on 27, going on 27 when I started my anxiety recovery journey and I felt the pressure of, of time on me because on Instagram and Facebook, you see these people who are buying homes, who are going on vacation, who are getting new jobs, getting their dream jobs. And I saw that and I felt more anxiety, but I I repressed it, right? And I continued to live on my pleasure island. I continued to go out with my negative friends, smoke weed, have beers, um, get into trouble. And 
my body was telling me, hey, Brad, you have to stop this. And the anxiety was that sign. The pain and suffering of that anxiety was the signal from God, from whatever you want to call it. It was that signal to, hey, get get out of that situation. It's not working. You need to change your strategies. To be unconscious or to live unconsciously means to be a puppet of society. The normal. Rather than a fully realized individual. And that's the Pinocchio story. I love this story because it depicts that transformation from unconscious, hedonistic person to fully actualized indiv- to fully actualized individual, which is remarkable. So in order to move from puppet to real boy, Pinocchio had to stumble out into the world and gain real experience on his own, him and his underdeveloped conscious conscience. That's Jiminy Cricket, right? And then he gets himself into trouble. He gets himself into all sorts of trouble. He gets manipulated by these two-bit hoodlums on the street, the, the cat and the fox. And then he gets sold to a tyrant, the puppet master. And then he gets manipulated again by the two-bit hoodlums. And then he gets taken by the coachman to Pleasure Island. But here's the thing about this story Different characters throughout his journey are controlling his strings, right? They're controlling him. But Pinocchio, he's learning as he as he goes along. And that's the idea is that you're going to fail, but at least he's failing forward. At least he's getting the feedback that he needs to not wind up in these scenarios again, right? Maybe it's not a good idea to be so naive when it comes to taking advice from these strangers and not and not picking up on their manipulative ways right you kind of you know that that's a very big learning curve and pinocchio winds up on pleasure island where All of these unconscious children are forced into this hedonistic, pleasure-filled oasis, right? It's like Disney World. You're just forced. Go and have fun. Go and smash stuff. Go and smoke and drink and not care about anything. And which this is really cool. It's on an island. And the island signifies that... This place is divorced from reality and that's your unconscious mind, right? To be, to live unconsciously is to be divorced from reality. This is a place of unconscious impulsivity because impulsivity is unconscious. On this island, the children are turning into braying donkeys. Literally, they're actually turning into into donkeys, jackasses, beasts of burden. And 
this signifies something, something which I will talk about, but Lampwick, who's his friend on Pleasure Island, right? They're playing pool in this underground billiards hall. And Lampwick, who's who, by the way, is completely divorced from his own conscience because he picks up the cricket at one one point and he asks, who are you? So that signifies that he is divorced from his conscience. And so since he's divorced from his conscience, he begins to grow donkey ears and a tail and he begins to bray. But here's the thing, he fully transforms into a donkey, right? But since Pinocchio is not completely divorced from his conscience, he has some consciousness, awareness. He notices Lampwick's odd transformation, and then he takes a look at the beer he's drinking, and then he puts the beer down. So Pinocchio notices that because of Lampwick's lifestyle, well, you got to stop before it's too late. So Pinocchio stops. He's like, I'm not going to drink anymore or smoke anymore. He's getting the connection because the brain works by associations, right? So now he's he's like associating Lampwick turning into a jackass with all of the it's it's like the the island itself is is kind he Pinocchio is getting the hint that this place is making him and the other people around him turn into these unconscious jackasses. And that's not a good thing, man. So he puts down the beer, he stops the behaviors. And then the cricket says something really cool. He says, let's go before it's too late. So since Pinocchio has awareness, he leaves. Like Pinocchio still grows ears and a tail, but he doesn't fully transform. That's because he still has some connection with his conscience. He has some awareness and he's able to get off the island before he goes completely unconscious. And so the donkeys symbolize that the more unconscious you become, the more susceptible you are to ideology and tyrannical systems. The more naive you are, the more easy it is for you to sell your soul. So the cricket says, let's get out of here. So they run out of the bar and then they run to the cliff and they jump off the island. And so the more you stay on Pleasure Island, the more difficult it is to jump off. And I'm sure you see this in your own life. People around you in their 50s, or older, they, they are still in their unconscious Pleasure Island way. Like they are doomed, you think. And the chances of them getting off the island, that's slim, man. That's slim. They've been practicing this way of behaving for 50 years. And since the, the unconscious mind loves what's most familiar, man, they're going to have to kill off a part of them that's 50 years old at this point, which is 
very, very possible because I've seen people do it all the time, by the way. But you kind of have to have a you kind of have to have a great wake up call. Kind of has to smack you over the head at that point. So there's no changing them, right? And you see that all the time with their mindset. They're so those people in their 50s, 60s, 70s who are older and who've been practicing that lifestyle, I mean, they're they have walls up, man. They're so conservative and they just don't want to break free because they just they've been in that bubble for so long. And so Pinocchio immediately runs off the cliff and he dives into the water and this symbolizes something really interesting. The departure from hedonistic pursuits is necessary but you have to dive into the unknown. Now the unknown, it's better than the tyranny, but now you have another problem. What do you do now when you're in the unknown? Now that you divorced yourself from these pursuits like alcohol, porn, sex, weed, any other kind of drug, reassurance seeking, social media addiction, you name it, man. There's so many. But what happens now? It's like, what do you replace that with? And that's a tough thing to go through, but it's it's better than being stuck in unconsciousness. That's the thing. It sucks because now the brain has to use up cognitive energy to build on new behaviors. And the first thing I say is, you know, maybe you should adopt mentors and begin to implement the habits that help them. So in the unknown, you begin to understand yourself on a whole new level. Well, why? The first thing is, you could live without these things that you gave up. That's a big realization. The second thing is you become competent at navigating unfamiliar waters. You don't need to rely on external crutches to deal with reality, like your parents, like other siblings, or materialistic things, right? You are now going against the grain of society, but you look in the mirror and you see someone who's self-reliant. That's the best way to describe it. You are now discovering ways of living that enhance the quality of your life. But what's huge is that the responsibility you decide to take on brings meaning into your life. Having a goal and seeing yourself progress towards it, that is what brings meaning. Those kids on Pleasure Island, they had no goals, man. They were running in circles. They were staying still. They were smoking, drinking, eating, fighting, destroying property. And they were slowly transforming 
into donkeys. But what if you gave up those values that make up the unconscious hedonistic parts of yourself? That sacrifice is a great adventure. You start to move in a direction rather than staying still. And that breaks great meaning into your life. It's so easy nowadays to be content and to be comfortable. But it's in what's unfamiliar that truly brings out your best self. I promise you. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for leaving your reviews on Spotify and leaving a rating. If you haven't already, please go over and do that because I want this podcast to reach all these people who are stuck in unconsciousness, who are stuck in pain and suffering. That's really important. There are so many people now suffering from anxiety. We live in that age of anxiety. And lastly, rise above anxiety. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.